to the smart community smart regions smart towns and smart cities it's where we live work and play with smart communities the future starts today big data smart mobility emerging trends galore the smart community podcast is what you're looking for Hi, Smart Community friends. It's Ellen Ronalds Keane here, the producer of the Smart Community Podcast. And I am here with very special guest, Zoe, the host of the Smart Community Podcast. Hi, Zoe. How are you? Hi, Ellen. I am fabulous. What are we here for this very special episode? Well, it is our fifth birthday of the podcast. Um, very exciting. Yeah. I can't believe it's been five years. Can you? I really can't believe it's been five years. It feels like just yesterday that we were sitting over breakfast, brainstorming podcast ideas, and it was still, you know, there was so so much about your life that was different. You were still trying to really, I guess, figure out even what the smart space even was. But I guess that's what we're going to talk about today, how much has changed in the smart city, smart community space over those last five years. Yeah, no, totally. And I really was just trying to figure it out. I mean, it was yeah before I left my good, secure government job to start this podcast um, that we started, you know, having these conversations. And then, yeah, really just like it was, I don't know, it was like this idea that we had. Um, and obviously, for those who don't know, and we've talked about this before, but you have your own podcast and, you know, it really inspired me to kind of go, oh, I, you just seeing the things that you could do with that platform and the things that you'd learnt and, you know, how much you loved podcasts. I was like, oh, yeah, we could. that would be really cool, wouldn't it? Like, it'd be cool to do this. Yeah. And because I remember you at the time you were doing like coffee chats with people. You were That was one of the things I remember you were very, very good at networking. And I was like, you could take this to the next level and record these conversations that you're having with these, you know, interesting people. Yes, and I was also having like way too much caffeine, um, <laughs> you know. So it's like, and and also I lived, you know, in Toowoomba, and you know, trying to travel and meet people, and then you're you're then a bit restricted by your geographic location, whereas through a podcast you're not. And it was interesting because obviously we started well five years ago, so you know, COVID wasn't even a thing. Well, five and a half, really. We started talking about it. Yeah, that's true. Five and a half years ago, but just being able to connect with people digitally first was really uh, a different kind of concept as well. But I really had no choice because I wasn't going to, like if I wanted to talk to more people around the world, you know, I couldn't necessarily fly everywhere, not very good for the environment, but also like as if I was able to do that. It's not my, you know, it wasn't my full-time job or anything like that. You hadn't yet got the Churchill Fellowship to do exactly that, <laughs> fly around the world and talk to people. Ah, oh, yes. And that was also, again, that was something that came about because, you know, the podcast all led into that, right? Like it was like a stepping stone as well to be able to share my learnings on the podcast, but also then, you know, build out my itinerary based on who I'd spoken to on the podcast as well. So it really, yeah, it's the gift that keeps on giving. And I, I guess, yeah, to be five years, it's it's pretty special. Um, and I should have looked before, but how many episodes are we up to? Uh, we're up to about 330-something. Yes. Which is a lot of episodes. Here we go. 339. Sorry. 
if I read correctly. 329 was the last episode, but by the time this one comes out. Yep, I think this one will be 331. Yes, it will be because there are numbers in the Trello board that we looked at. <laughs> you are right. Um, yeah, so 331. So that's that's pretty wild, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot. And it's, I mean, from a podcasting perspective, a lot of people don't make it past episode seven, let alone episode 25. So to get to the 300s is absolutely phenomenal. But also I think it's a testament to the fact that this conversation, I mean, when you started the podcast, it was actually called Smart City Podcast. And within that first 12 months, you rebranded to Smart Community Podcast. And then there is just so much still to talk about and so many people working in this space doing really interesting and also often quite niche things. You know, there's a lot of people from my perspective as a an outsider to the space, uh, but having learned so much from listening to the episodes. You're on the inside now. <laughs> but often really niche things. You know, there's a lot of people that have really narrow but deep knowledge. And then there are some people, you know, deep in their whatever their expertise area is, whether it's, you know, something environmental or, you know, town planning or is it like IoT and sensors and is, you know, there's so many different aspects to quote unquote smart things. And, you know, then then I think what your podcast does quite well is kind of go broad but not nearly as deep because obviously you you can't go into the depths of every topic on an episode. But I think that it connects for so many people. It, it's that that question that you used to ask a lot, you don't ask it so much anymore about breaking down silos and working across disciplines and working across, you know, different types of government agencies and public-private partnerships and all of that. And I think that that's what this podcast does is it really connects people who work in often quite different areas of smart cities and communities and connects them to what other people are doing in the space, which is really important. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right, and I don't ask that question much anymore because when we talk about the projects and things people are do, you know working on, or even when we talk just broadly about smart communities, that stuff you know kind of comes through. But yeah, it's true. Like what I find really what I what I love the most is when other like podcast guests will reach out to me. And say, oh, through the podcast, I was asked to do this, that, and the other. And you know, they'll tell me that maybe, like, I remember one guy told me, like, a you know, a few years later, maybe, yeah, a few years later. So he, like, when it first happened, because his episode was an early one. I'm trying to remember exactly who it was now, but they're like, oh yeah, after that podcast went out, this 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 happened. Ended up, I think I told the story in the podcast, so I won't tell it again because I'll probably get the facts wrong. Um, but basically that they got this great opportunity then to go and do some workshops overseas around that specific topic. And yeah, just that is really, I love that so much because it means that we're creating impact just through what we're doing and it ripples out, right? And then that then will ripple out further. So I just think that's that's really exciting. But also I love when other podcast guests then will meet each other and they'll have something in common then. They'll be, have been on the podcast. Obviously, something they have in common also being in this space. But like you said, there's so many different niches, niche-i maybe, it's not niche-i, but um, <laughs> so many different niches that they may not have actually known each other unless, you know, they were on the podcast or they list, they're an audience member of the podcast going, oh, that person, blah, blah. And, you know, then they say, oh, yeah, then I reached out to them and they come to, they came to do a workshop in my local council or whatever. So that I just I love because 
it is network for, on steroids for me, but it's also this kind of, you know, the gift that keeps on giving to everyone else involved, whether you're a listener, whether you're just a follower of our social media and so you just, you know, absorb it that way or yeah, whether you're a guest or working with a guest or yeah, I just think I do really love that. And that's why, you know, continue to do it when I love having the conversations, but to just that network effects and that ripple out effect is, is really special. Yeah. And so, you know, there's just in your life, I have seen that play out so many times over the last five years, how the connections that you've made on the podcast have down the track led to, you know, like you, you wrote a book chapter with Jonathan Reichenthal. Um, you know, you've done speaking, international speaking gigs based on connections you made on the podcast. And then somebody was looking for a speaker for an event that knew somebody that had been on your podcast. And then they suggest you and like, you know, it has this ripple effect in your life, but then also across all the different networks of the guests that, and, and even just listeners who might be in their offices listening and thinking, hey, my company needs someone that does that thing that I just heard on the podcast. I'm going to reach out to them. And then, you know, people are making connections that way too. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that uh, that's a special thing about podcasts, I think, where you can, I also think like that then happens, but then even if it's not direct, like this indirect thing and, and even thinking about like how much I've learned on the podcast, like from my guests, but then I think about, you know, oh, oh, that's a new way of thinking about things. And then, then I don't know, you see something else that is a bit more adjacent and then you dive down that, you know, those type of things. I, I, I love that as well. And I'm hoping, you know, I hope that's what the guests get too. Like, oh, I've never thought about like that. But then, you know, when you, when you buy a red car, you see red cars everywhere, right? Um, so then you go, oh, that's right. Oh, I heard about that little thing. And maybe they don't even remember that it was on the podcast. It might've just been, you know, and I, I just think that is really special too. And I also love when particularly students and uh, like younger professionals reach out to me saying like, oh, I needed, I wanted to know about smart cities and smart communities and, you know, someone recommended the podcast, you know, thank you so much for putting it out there. But then they'll, they'll be like, oh, can I get some advice about ABC? And I love having those conversations too, because again, it's like really living that smart community value in the sense of continuing to share and broaden and bring more people into the conversation as well and then being able to have those conversations where then again i might i just might have one conversation with somebody and then they might have another conversation with someone else and then it just like again ripples out or yeah they've heard something on the podcast and then they can go and they go oh i didn't realize i didn't realize that that was something i could get into yeah absolutely yeah and i mean i feel like even you know sort of coming back to that idea of the the space maturing Yes. When you started the podcast, it was called the Smart City Podcast, but also a lot of the conversations were about tech and that human element coming through. And it seemed like when you started the podcast was almost just this really interesting moment in time when the smart city space was starting to, and people that worked in the smart city space were kind of all starting to go, it's not just about technology though. Like everybody seemed to be having the same aha moment almost at the same time. And then that's kind of what prompted you to change the name of the podcast, but to smart communities to focus on that human element. But in what other ways have you seen the space mature over the last five years? Yeah, I think exactly what you said is bringing it back to the people. And I think at the beginning, it used when you say that, but now it's like the real tangible things. What is it that we need to do to really bring it back to the people? And a lot of it isn't necessarily 
a new technology as we know, but it's about using that technology and, and data as tools. But we have all these other tools that we can't forget about, like community engagement, co-design. These are kind of buzzy words, but they're the real, how you do that in a real sense. And like, I think that's what I've seen mature. And you see it, right? The people that were only talking about technology or, or you know, that, those conversations have dropped away, but it's left this substance, right? And the substance is about, oh, we have to do things differently because we've got these, you know, it's not just about smart stuff over in the corner. It's actually about these, you know, big, massive things that are happening to us, um, climate change, the geopolitical environment, all those type of things. We know that we have to do things differently and a smart community approach is how we do that because we can then ask better questions because we have more information. We use technology not to control us, but as tools to be able to do things differently. The amount of, uh, I guess, you increasing productivity, efficiency, all those type of things as well. But then with that, okay, what is the mindset shift that we need to actually not burn ourselves out as humans or not, you know, go too far down one way or the other, buy back that leisure time, you know, can we actually work differently like all these type of things it's there's so much in the space and like sometimes it's a bit you know it can be overwhelming because just like oh you know what is smart communities because what is a community like you can ask that it's like there's so many different intricate parts but what i'm really really excited about is yeah like the conversations that were just about tech or you know oh here's some tech we don't really know why but we're going to throw it in anyway and you know can cause really it can be damaging, right? Particularly if, if people aren't involved and people aren't thought about, particular groups of people, et cetera, et cetera. But now when we're talking about it, it's not, yeah, like we said, the smart stuff in the corner. It's weaving it through and it's embedding it. And when we've got government agencies actually embedding smart in inverted commas, which means, you know, technology solutions, um, foundational uh, digital connectivity and uh, an ability to collect, store, manage, analyze data to make better decisions, then we know that, oh, this is real stuff that we really need to be, well, that's not even that's real stuff. It's like, this is being invested in now, not as something shiny. It's a, like a, a must have, not a, a value add. And that's maturity I'm seeing. But the only way we got there is because we brought different people into the conversation, right? Because we go, it's not working if we're only talking about technology. What does it mean to be smart? And if we're assessing cities against each other and whatever, what does that all mean? But when you actually drill down to it, it's like, you know, improving quality of life for people and what tools can we use to be able to do that? And I think like the status quo can no longer serve us, right? And so we had to do something different. And I think now that we're, it's a bit like, like sustainability was a thing that was like, you know, some people would talk about and be like, oh, yeah, you know, we'll get, we'll do that when we get to it or whatever. Whereas now, you know, it's embedded. It's embedded throughout. We don't need to talk about it as a separate thing. It was, it's similar. And again, there's still so far to go, but those things are starting to happen. And that's really exciting because you drop away the, the shiny widgets and the toys and whatever else, and you actually have this substance and you've got people engaged and excited about this future, which, you know, the future, but also just, you know, getting people excited about transportation because there's new mobility choices and opening up access for people who didn't have access before. Um, you're getting the community talking about things like land use planning. They don't know necessarily they're talking about that, 
but have involved in conversations about what they want their communities to look and feel like. And we're also having conversations about data, like at a whole new level. And I just think we're going to have more and more. And, you know, we know that it's not all good. Um, Like, you know, we've got these data breaches happening. We've got, you know, terrible things happening around the world in, you know, just in our lives or whatever, but we're having more conversations about it. We've got information at our fingertips to make better decisions. And so we need more people, I guess, to come into the conversation again and again. And as we said, as I say a lot now, it's like awareness leads to focus, which then leads to action. And you can see that playing out. And I think we're, you know, in that wave now of, you know, we've got the awareness. So then what's this next part of focusing and then the action? So I think for me, it's exciting to see this stuff getting embedded in like the boring government processes, which I love a lot. Yeah, well, you've always been about the boring government processes. <laughs> I know. And it's just so exciting to see, you know, new, so lame, but like new clauses that are like, oh, you must embed digital connectivity if you're doing a new project or whatever. Like, And I think that's really exciting. And we're asking better questions and, and it doesn't have to be super complex. It's like these it like small iterative iterations, let's say, small iterations of change that are happening that then lead to these really big impacts. Yeah, and so we and yeah, we've been able to like again, like you were talking about earlier, through the podcast, the awareness part, but then through that has led to engagements with you know state government, local councils to then work on some of this stuff to really look at how we can action this in a really exciting way, and I. What I, I'm also really excited about is like that we're realizing that we can't just treat these kind of smart projects or whatever the same as we did projects before. It's not just like build it, set, forget, you know, whatever. It's the process of doing it, which is like getting people thinking differently that they can shift the status quo, you know, allowing people time, space, energy to be able to play and come up with new ideas. That's really exciting as well because it just kind of shows that, okay, we know that this is a, the concept is good and real and happening and we need it. And, um, you know, it, it must, you know, we have to embed it for the future. So we can then play a little bit more around what it actually looks like for that community or that business. Like that's the thing you can apply it to business, community, whatever. It's like shifting that, I think is, um, that's really exciting to see as well. Yeah. And I, I feel like, the you know it's in that piece you're saying about it's embedded now it's no longer like oh well, let's do a pilot program and just see what happens and then at the end of the pilot program we just kind of stop funding it and that all, all that goes away and we go back to how we did things before it seems like the industry you know whether that's local governments or private organizations have kind of moved past that they moved the past the pilot phase of all of this and they're seeing how the pilots have played out in other places and adopting the learnings from them but then also it's becoming business as usual to make sure that this you know a smart strategy is it's business as usual it's not an add-on as you say and that's can only be a good thing because the challenges facing us this is the whole point right the challenges facing us in the next couple of decades are huge let alone like you know there's been some major things happen in the last five years too and in many ways, I, I think that smart conversation perhaps was accelerated by the pandemic, but also obviously the, it created a whole bunch of new problems that we had to solve. But that's the whole point. We've got to solve these problems 
for the humans that live on this planet and hopefully solve the problems for the planet too. Absolutely. And the future, yeah, future generation, but yeah, the planet too. And I think it's important to, I guess, recognize, yeah, the tools that we had 20 years ago are not the tools that we need now to solve the problems because they're different problems. But there is their foundational piece there of like, you know, we're all still human beings. We're all still moving forward in this space. Um, there's always there's always a new problem to solve, right? And that might feel overwhelming, but it's also that's the journey, that's life, right? There's always a bigger fish. There, There is. And, you know, well, I just think about like, say, Amsterdam, for example. It's like we talk about traffic congestion here, the next, you know, and, you know, more people on bicycles, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, if we were in Australia, for example, and, you know, that's what we want. Then you go to Amsterdam and they've just got a second order. They've, they've, they've got bicycle congestion and they have bicycle storage and parking problems. So, you know, it's a second order. It's a better problem to have potentially, but still actually impacts people. So, you know, you, there's all those, like, you know, you solve this one, but it's not static, nothing static. So we actually have to move forward. I think the skill sets that we we're going to require are so like, Obviously, there are jobs that don't exist now that will very soon, et cetera, et cetera. But then just the skill sets of using data in a way that is good, that is ethical, that is like, that then brings in not just data for the sake of data, but having those planners in there, the engineers in there using data in different ways is really important and working with people in, in different ways. You know, that kind of language barrier as in not not a literal language barrier, but it can be, but like talking code with, you know, planning regulation or whatever. So those type of things, that collision of professions is going to be really interesting. And that might be one person might have multiple different disciplines in their own experience. And I think we're going to see more and more of that, which obviously comes with amazing opportunities, but also challenges and barriers and, and things that we'll have to then continue to work through. And yeah, I think that is also another really exciting piece. But the only way we do that is if we get again like get start getting people thinking about that when they're at at school and choosing university degrees or trades or whatever they're going to choose but how um you know what are those problems in the future that will need more people to be able to solve and build in and also just creativity like just having a fresh you know i'm not just an engineer but you can do more than one thing as i often say i'm not just you know an engineer that used to build roads and you know now i work in smart communities it's like there's so many different elements to my, you know, existence and life and, and how that kind of all brings together. But then also other people thinking about like the learn the things you can learn from, I don't know, maybe in the community you maybe you do the local, I don't know, Meals on Wheels or something, something run. Maybe you can bring in the new technology to that to do that more effectively based on whatever. Or you learn like by talking to people what those real community needs are and you know, I just think when we bring in different elements to our life, not necessarily in the only the work that we do, but just all of the, you know, the different pieces that fit together, I think that's really special and really exciting too. And you can do that by kind of doing things a bit differently, right? Mm. Yeah, well, and having, you know, that's how you get new thinking and different thinking is having people who are not in the same industry or, you know, steeped in only the traditions from one industry, but getting that influence from other industries or other experiences that you've had and and that's how new thinking happens yeah but i guess that's what i i wanted to go back to 
you know, the pilot phase and all that type of stuff. So we've learned a lot in that phase and learning from each other is also really important. And so how people share those learnings is something that uh, we're really conscious of now. And, you know, when we set up a project, we're conscious of measuring and monitoring for our benefit and, uh, you know, achieving the benefits and realising the benefits for our sake, but also thinking about what can the rest of the community, as in the, the global community, the smart community, the, all the different people learning from each other, what information do they need? Because they don't just need, we installed this thing and we did this other thing. They need to know the intricate, potentially depends on the level, right? But they want to know the ins and outs, the lessons learned, the things that you thought would work that then didn't work for some reason, and the things that you didn't think would work, but worked really well, or these surprising things that happen and, and the joy and the like, I don't know, fun things that happened as well, because I think that's really important to bring in. But we still will, we'll be testing and trying new things because it's still emerging space, but we'll be doing it differently because it won't just be a death by pilot. It's like, oh, we've learned this part. We just want to add this little bit on top or whatever the case is. Yeah, exactly. Not not reinventing the wheel every time. Yes. But also there is going to be some differences in, in context where you might have to it, you know, it's almost like an experiment, a pilot. And so it's like, well, it didn't work over there, but might it work in this other context? Let's find out. Yeah, totally. And yeah, just trying things a bit differently in, in traditional projects as well is also a smart approach, you know, like thinking about how we can shift and change and do things differently, applying different methodologies, you know, to running a project and those type of things. I think that's really exciting too and that happens when like we talked about earlier bringing different disciplines together it's like oh this is how i run projects this is how you run pro-, you know all those type of things I, I just think there's in this space because we're moving into that more mature space where we trust the concept we know that you know we're moving in the right direction we're setting up frameworks to realize the benefits from a community level i think that's exciting and then also the human element of just not these like people in the community but then we think about how it affects us and our communities as well i think that's really key and bringing those really human elements of the people that we are in this space and why we're why we want to be in this space because we think you can make a difference and we think we can impact so yeah i think i'm excited to see more and more of that as we move into the future mm. so zoe yes where to next for smart cities and communities where to next? I think that we're going to see a lot of movement in using data better and being more accountable like from, a, I guess, a local government perspective or state government perspective, governments using data in different ways to share information with the community in a really easy to kind of digest format, but then actually create, co-creating or co-designing these things with the community as well because at the moment it's a bit of a it feels like a bit of a black box of what is that what is you know whatever and we've been talking about it for a long time but what are those real things that we can do differently that you know decisions are being made all of the time with the data that's available so what are those other things that we could learn those insights that we could garner all those type of things bringing that in and then really making it easy for people to digest and do things differently I think we're going to see this skills, uh, this data analytics, you know, awareness, science, whatever you want to call it. And obviously they're different things, but these people who are getting more and more skill sets, not just like pure data, but also like the, you know, the planners with data knowledge. So then they can go, Oh, I need this new tool. I actually know how to code or I know someone, I know how to speak that language to get that information, you know, to 
gather that information and make it look like be able to use that information, etc. So I think we're going to see more and more of that. So it's again more that cross disciplinary bringing multiple things together. That's really exciting to me. I think we're going to see more conversations at a community level about things that maybe only smart community people will talk or smart tech people were talking about. We're going to see those more accessible because these tools are becoming more accessible. So people are playing with AI, people are using these things. So then we can ask better questions, right? And it shouldn't be a black box, but then how do we then ensure that we, you know, it's still really easy for people to understand access, et cetera, but then also the risks, et cetera, making sure that we have all those involved. Yeah, well, I feel like we've seen a few really, really prominent examples of that in the last few months, particularly in Australia, like with data breaches and stuff where these are things like cybersecurity and data management and privacy have been conversations on the podcast the whole time, but it wasn't something that I ever saw in just the general public's kind of conversation, but data is now a public conversation in Australia because of these hacks and leaks. And then AI, as you say, I mean, like it's all of a sudden chat GPT is being talked about in all these different places that you wouldn't previously, people were not talking about AI. So yeah, I mean, I think the movement of some of these concepts to be more broadly understood outside of the smart industries is definitely happening now. Yeah, I I agree. And I think, yeah, Again, having better conversations, having those different voices involved is really, really important. And I think the other, the last thing which kind of leads from that is like bringing in creativity to the space so then we can have better conversations. Like I just want to have more fun essentially. And I think let's all just have more fun, uh, which sounds naff to say, but it's more like, yeah, this isn't just like your everyday I go to work, I come home, whatever the case is. But it's like, how do we bring more fun into it in a way that then is building community and is building, you know, there's so that social fabric that we're all talking about. And we use tech and data to be able to do that, but then all these other things as well. So I am really looking forward to having more fun and bring more creative concepts into the space as well. That, you know, talking to people like Jess Coldry on the podcast about art and uh, even um, uh, Niels um, Walters around data ethics, but how he created this, I guess, experiment, and we'll put the link to whatever episode that was, but just those type of topics, not just like, oh, here, read this, read this document on data ethics. No, how do we actually bring it and make it engaging? Engaging, exactly. And like, I guess similar to the pod, like it's a, you know, podcast is a, it's a form of that as well. You know, if I want to learn something, you know, what podcast could I go and listen to? So I think there's so many different things. And also just seeing the parallels, like different I guess, uh, what's the word, like different industries and things that have worked that are shifting and changing and then how we can bring those into other industries as well. Yeah, from a creative space, I'm just really excited to see the conversation shift from, oh, this is a, you know, a a panel about technology in cities. And so then people that are interested in cities and technology are talking about it and, and listening. So you get a bit of a bubble, so bursting that bubble and like, getting people that, okay, maybe they're interested because they live in a city and they're excited to see a new creative thing that's happening. Maybe it's a film, maybe it's artwork, maybe it's just a social gathering, whatever it is, but then having these really rich, amazing conversations in that as well. Mm, Lots to look forward to. There is. How about you? What are you looking forward to? Oh, I didn't expect to have to answer this question. (laughs) 
You don't have to. We can just chop um, it. I mean, I definitely, again, because I feel like I'm very much on the peripherals of this space, I definitely think that I'm looking forward to more everyday people that are not in this space engaging with these ideas. I mean, I'm looking forward to one day getting an electric vehicle. That's uh, definitely on my radar these days. And I actually I was just thinking before, I, rem- I remember one of the really early episodes being about electric vehicle take up in Australia. And actually I'll have to find out who that episode was, but there was a prediction about five years time, how much electric vehicle use would be in Australia. Cause I remember talking to my brother-in-law about it and he was like, nah, it won't happen. And I don't think that the prediction has come true in terms of the amount of electric vehicles in Australia yet but actually there's been some serious movement in that regard and continuing right and and continuing to exactly we saw that policy shift in western australia was it and then then how like that impact as well which is yeah again yeah which is that whole conversation around how regulations can help or hinder some of these some of these changes but yeah i think in general probably personally that data um, I wasn't personally affected by data breaches that I know of um, last year, but I definitely like seeing that more of a conversation. Um, and I am also really obviously interested in, you know, the climate. And so hoping that we can actually, I'm looking forward to seeing how we as a species can solve that problem. Also, I'm very interested at the moment personally in footpaths because and walkable cities because I've got a pram now and uh, have to push it on the road when there are no footpaths and that's not ideal and not very safe for me or the child. But, yeah, so that's just like a very personal example, very interested in that kind of <laughs> active transport infrastructure at the moment. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And, like, it is personal because because it's affecting you, but it's not just affecting you, right? It's affecting everybody that needs a footpath, which most people do. And it does limit accessibility. Like, it, so it limits movements, all those type of things. And yes, you've got a pram, you can push on the road. But if, you know, you are using a wheelchair, maybe you don't have, maybe you cannot do that. Or again, your, your, like that level of risk is going up simply because the infrastructure isn't suited for our needs. And it's, in my case, it's very much that first and last mile, which, you know, a lot of times means I choose to use the car instead because that first and last mile is not always a risk I want to take, you know? So, yeah, it's definitely, those Those are some things, I guess, that are ways that it plays out in my very non-smart, I mean, I yeah, like as in, I feel like I'm on the peripheral of the smart cities conversation, smart communities conversation, because it's not my direct industry that I work in day to day. But um, those are some things, I guess, that I'm thinking about and looking forward to. And I've just absolutely loved being involved in this project. I've it's opened up a whole new world of information and knowledge. Like it's a, it's again, not a podcast that I probably would have clicked on in my podcast app because I wasn't in this industry, but I love it. Every episode, I'm like, that's so interesting. Well, I am so glad that you've been on this journey with me because to be honest, it would have been pretty short, <laughs> you know, with, without you. And all the stuff that you and your team do, it's amazing. I love it. And, you know, you're also an awesome person to just hang with. So it's like... Oh, thanks. <laughs> it all works out. But, yeah, no, I, I think 
I am really excited. And I, I do think I'm just quickly going back to the footpath because that might, people might be like, what, what, what? But it's again, thinking about things a bit differently. Okay. What data could we have that we need? How do we then do it at a scale that, you know, is quite easy? Cause otherwise if you're only, yeah, you, and, but again, whether it's a footpath or whether it's, I don't know, more access to libraries or whether it's some, you know, high tech thing to solve climate change. Again, it starts with what is this problem? we're trying to solve and what are those other ways that we can do that and bring the data and the information that we need and the technology available to be able to do that or just along the horizon. So I think, yeah, it's very, it's a very good example of something that's very personal, but then you think about broadens out to this whole smart community approach and that's why we're doing it, right? Um, to improve quality of life for people that live in our communities and they're you and they're me and they're everyone listening. They're all of us. We all live in communities. But yeah, thank you for talking to me or interviewing me today. You're welcome. For our birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to us. We're drinking out of our smart Smart community community mugs. mugs. We are smart community mugs, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) We sure are. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thanks for listening. And um so I tell people where they can click away and connect with you. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. You can connect with me at Zoe at mysmart.community, but also just on LinkedIn, Zoe Ether. That's my name these days. And, yeah, I'm happy for a chat wherever you can find me on the line. And, um, yeah, thank you for, I guess, sticking with us for this five years. And we're keen. what 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 are people excited about? What topics do you want us to cover? Let us know. Um, just yeah, send us an email, send us a message, do other things, whatever. Yeah, if you've got a good example of a, a project or a, you know, even if it is seemingly small and in your own personal life, it doesn't have to necessarily be something that you've worked on at work. But if you've got a, a smart project that you want to tell us about, we would love to hear. We would. Yeah. That's the other thing I too. I, I love the podcast for we, you know, we have very kind of like niche things that we talk about and then broad things. We have so a whole range of different people, projects, concepts. So we love it and we love sharing those small things as much as the big ones. So, yeah, let us know. And I was trying to remember what, what, what do I always say at the end? We hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as we enjoy making it. Welcome to to the smart community. community. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thanks, Ellen. I think that's it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The Smart Community Podcast is brought to you by My Smart Community. If you're trying to deal with disruption, not sure what technologies to buy, need to facilitate genuine collaboration, then we can help. Email hello at mysmart.community or head to www.mysmart.community forward slash consulting. Thanks so much for listening to the Smart Community Podcast. Show notes for this episode and all other episodes are available on our website, mysmart.community slash podcast. If you have any questions for us or any of our guests, you can email hello at mysmart.community. You can also find us on the socials. We are on LinkedIn and Twitter 
at SmartComHQ. That's com with two M's. If you are enjoying the podcast, please hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And we would love for you to leave us a rating and review at wherever you listen. This really helps us reach more ears and eyes. So thank you for your support. As always, we hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. The Smart Community Podcast is what you're looking for.